conference realignment has been kind of weird, I would say, for the last couple of weeks where things have just been kind of randomly thrown around with new teams added all the time and things happening that you just didn't expect. Well, now it's gotten really surreal as some big, heavy political people are jumping in to try to push the ACC to add more teams. We'll talk about what this means, look at basketball in their top five, and a whole bunch more on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black, Eagle Insider, publisher. Thank you all for joining us. The ACC has had a tumultuous couple of weeks as they look to be on the chopping block. Their head is under the guillotine block um, as the Pac-12 is gone. They're now the Pac-4. The, the question remains, will the ACC remain solvent in the next couple of years? Well, on Wednesday... We are now a week away, a week past the vote that was taken. Um, and if you have not checked it out, go to ESPN and read Andre Adelson's uh, response uh, uh, reporting on it. It's incredible. Where the ACC decided not to take SMU, Stanford, and Cal. That the vote was just one off. Or it sounds like a straw poll against expansion. Now the team the the team that was leading the push for expansion was Notre Dame, according to Andrea Adelson. And then the group of people against it were all the teams that look like they want to leave, which is NC State, UNC, UVA, Virginia Tech, and um Clemson and Florida State. Sorry, no, not Virginia and Virginia Tech were not part of that group. Excuse me. Now we are it, it looked like this expansion piece for the ACC was going to be dead before. Actually, I want to jump back. BC was not a definite. Yes. In terms of adding an expansion, they were considered a swing vote, which is pretty interesting. I just assumed they would have gone with um, building up the conference. Cause I think the people like Notre Dame and all those other teams, they wanted to try to add stability to the conference with the um, understanding that, you know, Florida state's going to leave as fast as they can, but BC was not BC was a swing swing vote. So that was, I thought that was interesting. Now, all of that news seemed to be dead. It looked like, you know, the talk for Stanford turned to either joining the AAC, whether they may merge with the Pac-4, or they go independent. Until about an hour ago, when I was about to record, when I read that, according to Pat Ford, there's been some major political figures pushing to get the ACC to expand. And one of them was one of the most powerful men in the world for about 10 years. And that's George W. Bush. Now, I'm not going to get political. That's not the point of my show. But George Bush, his wife, Laura, went to SMU. So he has a bit of a, a, a piece here. And now he's pushing the ACC to, to take SMU. But he's not the only political figure that is pushing for expansion in the ACC. Condoleezza Rice who I saw at my BC graduation, I believe, I think it was her, um, as the speaker. She, as a former Secretary of State, 
has been part of the NCAA for a while. She's pushing Stanford, where she's on the board of uh, provosts. I think she's one of the provosts there. So you have two incredibly powerful political figures pushing the ACC to make a move here. Now, according to Ford, this has been go- this isn't a new thing. This isn't what happened on Tuesday night. This has been going on, and it hasn't it hasn't moved the needle. But political figures can figure out things to do that can get people to change their vote. So it's definitely something worth watching. But it's I I don't know. I find it funny that you have political figures moving for this. While they are, you know, the the only other ones that we've heard about were complaining about NIL stuff with the Tuberville and uh, that bill that they're going to have that was going to try to limit certain things. None of them were touching any of this conference expansion, which also, I mean, to get on my pulpit here, does impact student athletes a lot. Um, it makes kids that play sports that have to go across country. Uh, and they didn't care about that. But now that their schools are involved, you got George W. Bush and Condoleezza Rice jumping in. Um, will it do anything? I doubt it. I mean, it seems to me that the no's in terms of expansion for the ACC are, are pretty stuck on their nose. You have UNC and NC State. They are locked at, at the hip. And I imagine Clemson and Florida State are pretty similar too. So you're kind of stuck. But we'll see. It's an interesting thing to think about. Now, <clears throat> in terms of expansion as well, or the or the or the or the um, current state of the ACC, everyone looks at Florida State. Now they came in barking and barking and barking, and and Adelson had a really good point. I thought now that Florida State had till yesterday on the fifteenth to announce if they're going to leave the ACC, which they're not, which is. A lot of presidents think that all the numbers that FSU cooked up, which was that if they went to the SEC, they'd be the third rate, highest uh, rated um, television program. Uh, that they, you know, that they have a, a brand that is higher than anyone else, and blah 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 blah. A lot of ACC um, um, presidents, it sounds like, talked to Adelson and said, you know, look, this is a lot of bluster. Uh, and not, and they're they're not really believing some of the things that they're saying, which makes a lot of sense. Now, obviously, Florida State has a great history; they, you know, are in in a good shape right now. But I mean, of any program that I've heard in a while, this pro, their fans, their players, their you know, trustees, their media, and the media does it that carries their water for them too thinks that this group is is the best and that and whatever you want to be that that optimistic about your program go go be it but when it's talking dollars and cents it does make a little sense that some of these other programs may call their bluff and again if you're a florida state fan listening to this i am just talking as a college football fan don't give me the this is a boston college what do you care i'm telling you from just a general college football um philosophy here so it's interesting because I've heard and read that the SEC has no interest in Florida State. Why should they? They have enough product in that area that it's kind of redundant. It would hurt schools like Florida. It would hurt you know schools in that area. And the Big Ten, they may be interested, but they're not interested right now. Uh, they're done with with adding that team. And and for, according to Adelson, they hadn't had any talks with Florida State because their golden goose is Notre Dame. Uh, so 
interesting uh, piece of where things are at in terms of Florida State in this whole situation. So hopefully this will be the end. I say that, and then we have Friday. Friday's what? Two days away? We're going to have another Friday news dump where <laughs> something big is going to happen again. Uh, you just watch. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Now, in a moment, I want to get into talking a little bit about um, Zay Flowers because he has been the talk. He's gone viral, and I want to get into some of the things that he has been doing and maybe a little talk about whether he could be Rookie of the Year. Now, you don't have to choose between better hair and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their life? It's normal. I have it. I I hate looking at any photo that's coming down on me. I can see like my thinning hair and I hate it. Um, that's why I'm wearing hats more often. But it's normal. It doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. And I'm trying Nutrafol right now, and I can't wait to see what it can do. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. So take the first step to visible, th- visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men. And enter the promo code locked on college. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N U T R A F O L dot com slash men, and enter promo code locked on college. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code locked on college. <clears throat> this is locked on BC, AJ Black. And if you are like me, any, any football that's on TV is is worth watching. And yes, the NFL preseason can be a bit of a drag. But when you're in those hot summer months and maybe you're not a baseball fan and you're just dying for some football, it's just great to see it back on your on your uh, screen. And it, for, for the uh, summer, when you have a high uh, highly rated rookie coming in, it makes that preseason even more fun to watch. And Zay Flowers has been viral uh, for the last couple of days because of some of the plays he's been making. Now, he's part of the Baltimore Ravens. He was picked, you know, in what was it 17th by the Ravens lat this year. <clears throat> he, gets to play, he gets to play with Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr., and uh, tight end Mark Andrews, who we'll get to in a moment. And we've seen they, they've been the Ravens have been doing joint practice with the commanders, it looks like. And there was a video that was out yesterday where Zay does his usual like run and then make a cut uh, into, you know, like a a crossing pattern. And he absolutely he I if you haven't watched it, you need to watch the poor commander's defender who gets completely bites on Zay's double move. And Zay is just just standing there waiting with the ball in his hand after it's all over. Uh, it was crazy because that's what that's what we've learned about Zay since he's been at BC. Now he played one game so far in the preseason. He didn't really didn't do much. He had one catch for like one yard or one rush for one yard, depending on what the what the statistic was there. But with all this hype, when you have Lamar Jackson throwing you the ball, you have a very good offense that includes, as I said, Odell Beckham, Mark Andrews. Zay's going to get his touches and 
when they're when when all of those weapons are out there, they're not going to key on him like right now because Lamar wasn't the one throwing him the ball. I forget who it was. It was you know one of the Ravens' second or third string guys, right? When he has a a full first team offense around him, will he do enough to get rookie of the year? It's going to be a tough challenge. He, I mean, he could, if you look at his odds, he's probably seventh or eighth right now because rookie of the years also put such a heavy emphasis, just like everything on the quarterback position. So when you have Bryce young and you have um, CJ Stroud ahead of you, and even Anthony Richardson and some of the other quarterbacks that were up there, they want and all it takes is one of them to go off and have a decent. It just it just has to be decent, right? Like because they're all quarterbacks for teams that were awful. If their team became like five hundred, they're they're going to be looked at like a, like a savior to bump out any other positional player. But let's just pretend here for a second. What happens <clears throat> if those quarterbacks don't either don't play or are or, or, or struggle? I mean, I watched. I think it was Bryce Young, who did not look very good at all. He looked like he was struggling. So if those quarterbacks don't make a difference, what about Zay? He's going to play on an explosive offense. People are going to know Zay's name fast. He's going to go back past the, you, you look on Twitter, that guy from Boston College. You see that all the time. They're going to know Zay. They're going to know Zay. In his college, for all of us, we'll be proud of it, but maybe for some, they won't even mention it. But could he win rookie of the year? He's going to have to. He's going to have to have a big year. Unfortunately, when you're a wide receiver or running back at offense for that for that award, you're going to have to have a big season. And but he's already showing he can do it. And when you have OD, uh, you know, ODB OBJ out there with you and, and Mark Andrews, and the pre- the pressure's not on you when when it's a preseason game, like like it is during a preseason game, then maybe we'll see more out of him. I don't take any stock in preseason football. Like I just saw, you know, Patriots fans are all going crazy over Malik Cunningham. I'm like, that's nice. Maybe he will, but I doubt it. Right. But Zay, when he gets in there for that right first game, he's going to, he's going to do some things and he's already done enough. I I just said this to Mitch earlier um, that he's starting to annoy his teammates because I think they're focused so much on Zay they're getting left off. And this is about Mark Andrews, their tight end it says Ravens tight end. Mark Andrews seemed to be frustrated after a Jackson t- TD pass to Zay flowers. Andrews spiked his helmet hard enough where it looked like it broke. Part of it broke. He then took a knee off to the side and eventually walked back by himself. Just as practice was ending. Yeah. It, it, if, if Lamar is falling in love with throwing to Zay, which I watch those, those clips, you can see why he might. Then, Maybe a guy like Mark Andrews, who's been his security blanket for the last three years plus, is going to start getting frustrated. But I just thought that was funny. Like, it, it, maybe there's other things going on, but it seems like maybe Zay's um, productivity and, and his focus in this offense are, are starting to annoy some of the, the veterans. Not OBJ. OBJ was very excited about some of his plays. I saw him tweeting about that as well. Now, in our final segment... I'm going to flip it over to basketball for a second and answer a question uh, heading into the season. Who's going to be the starting five for Earl Grant? We'll get into all that in just a moment. This is Locked on BCM, your host, AJ Black. 
Thank you all who listen every day. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Takes two seconds. You'll get all our Boston College content as we start and kick into the season. You're going to want to hear it. We'll have Mitch on more often. We'll be talking about games. We'll be you know, analyzing what happened. whole lot you're going to want to make sure you get. And if you're on a podcast app, give us five stars in a review. It does help other people find us. Thank you so much. Now, heading into this summer, um, we have not really talked about the basketball team and what their starting five will be. I was talking to one of the national guys at 247 who texted me today and was like, hey, AJ, we're writing about the top, you know, starting five. Who's going to be the starting five for BC? And, you know, Earl Grant, for the most part, has, like, he'll have a consistent starting five, but it seems like he cycles a lot. So I, I was like, well, there's the starting five that I think, but there's also a smaller starting five. They sometimes go three guards. So going into the season, who do I think will be the starting five? Well, Quinton Post is definitely going to be your starting center. I mean, that that is that even a question, right? The big dude from Netherlands, he's going to be your star. He needs to be out there as much as possible. Now, if you're going to go with a bigger lineup, you're going to go with Devin McLaughlin next to him. Devin McLaughlin is a forward, a huge wingspan. You know, he had a great year last year. I can't wait to see what he can do. Uh, he had some thunderous dunks during the European tour. Um, I think he's he's in for a big season. He'll he'll be there. Then your other wing will be Prince Oligby, who's on our screen right now, uh, who had the biggest European trip of all the guys. You know, he led the team in two of the three games. Um, this is a big season for him. He's a four star from Minnehaha, which I love saying that name. Uh, and he he will be starting. Um, and he, as I said in a couple episodes ago, will be the name to watch because he he a good season from him could really expand what BC could do. And how far they can go. Uh, he's a valuable, valuable player. Also playing next year, I imagine we'll be starting is Jaden Zachary. He's in his third season. You know, he's a good shooter. He's the, when he's on, he's their best three point shooter. He's going to play your shooting guard. He'll be there. And then finally, uh, the the last guard will probably be CJ Harris, the transfer from Charleston Southern. Um. I just said uh, Zachary will be the point uh, shooting guard. I, I'm sorry. I think he'll probably be the point guard, the guy that runs the offense. CJ Harris um, is the transfer from from Charleston Southern. I think he'll probably be that fifth starter. But there's also the p- potential. Say they want to go smaller. So that you know, we saw a lot of times last year Earl Grant going to five guard. Uh, yeah, five guards, three guards. So you'd go with Zachary. You go with uh, Harris, and then I would guess the third guard you'd probably take out McLaughlin or maybe even a league bait, depending on who's playing better. And you put in uh, Chaz Kelly. Chaz Kelly had a good, good uh, trip. I think he'll probably jump in there as a third guard if they go small ball too. So those are my starting five. Um, Donald hand is out. Mason Madsen is hurt right now. I don't know what his injury is. We're going to hear from Earl Grant, hopefully in the next couple, you know, in about a month uh, in terms of injuries, but he didn't play at all in Europe. Um, we'll find out what happened there. And then Donald Hand, I said, will be probably I, – I, my guess, just based off his injury timeline, um, will be probably like November, December before you see Donald Hand, so, like late December, November, December. So those are the those are my starting five. Do you agree with me? Did I get anything wrong? That's where, where I've heard. Now, this kind of wraps up our episode. You know, we had practice this week. 
uh, t- on Thursday. It's going to be ACC day from uh, Boston College on the, the ACC network. All Boston College games all day long. I know there's lacrosse and hockey, you know, uh, basketball and football. Check that out. We'll be back again tomorrow with more updates and all sorts of news you're not going to want to miss. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247 or on threads or whatever. And on Eagle Insider, I see if a bunch of you have joined up on Eagle Insider. Sign up, check it out. We have VIP and free stuff there. I hope you enjoy all of that. And uh, thank you all who have listened and who made this your everyday experience. And if you like this, check out Locked On Today. They give you all the news that you like about you know everything that's going on in sports. Check it out. Thank you so much. We'll see you again soon.